You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst Mr. case scenario for here City for right more. here. And it stopped! Yes! And it stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. And it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. Is Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. What is up, friends of the feather? This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I'm your host, John. And with me, as always, is the voice of Minneapolis City Game Day, the Nate Morales. Nate, the soccer bug has thawed, and I am covered in bites, man. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got my kids starting soccer. We got City starting. I'm able to go to Tulsa to watch the athletic take on Sporting Kansas City tomorrow. All the things, Nate, are you as amped as I am to move into almost full season mode? I am. I am. I'm almost scared, John. We're going to be so busy. It's going to be so nuts. I'm really, I'm really excited. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, man. I'm fired up. Lots of newness. But, you know, well, you know, with two topics on the on the docket for the, for this week's episode, one being current, one being continuing the newness. First off, we're going to stop off and talk about our second cousins across the river, and by that I mean Minnesota United FC two. We kind of seeded the the conversation last week, and then we we decided purposeful pause for uh, for the ease of listening to this show because mm. we didn't want to pack in so much. Uh, I know Nate, you you have some thoughts on them, as do I. Um, with two former crows on the squad and a litany of local players um, <clears throat> and they have a different identity uh, to the parent club and we're we're kind of okay with these guys so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and then the newness comes finally it's one week out from the minnesota super cup match between minneapolis city and minnesota united fc u19s so we continue our player announcement mode and we've got a whole slew of brand new players to the club that we're going to highlight tonight that's for sure, John. But before we get started, we've got a bit of a, a little bit of housekeeping to cover. Uh, some fare thee wells to say. If you've been keeping your ear to the social win the last week, City announced the full retirement of two players that have deep, deep roots with the club. Of course, I'm talking about both Charlie Adams and Abdallah Ba. Let's let's start by talking about Abdallah Ba, John. He was a guest of ours on the 200th podcast, 200th episode of this podcast that we recorded live. And I think that was like the first time, maybe since season one back in 2016, that we really yeah. talked to him in any sort of interview uh, capacity. And it was, it was just eye-opening about how just through junior college and finally finding his spot on a, a full college team and then you know, coming to coming to Minneapolis City, this guy has been, you know, fighting the good fight, trying to stay playing at the highest level possible for for a really long time. And um, you know, he was he's a, a both of them were fan favorites for for Minneapolis City, but I think 
Abdallah Ba has probably one of the, has the, the more fan favorite goal of, of the oh, two yeah. of them. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, that, that just nail in the coffin against Duluth to win a, to win a title. Yep. Um, got, you gotta love any of anything that, uh, encompasses all of what I just said. <laughs> um, but you know, I think the one thing that, um, that most fans don't get a piece of unless you're the diehard that kind of is on the fringes of, of being where the team's at is just the, the, the character and the person that, that Abdallah is like, he's, he's super quiet, but when you, when you get a chance to sit down and talk to him, um, you know, ha- have a, have a beer, have a conversation with him, um, just such a down to earth person. And, and that's kind of how his play playing style was like super down to earth, just did his job. And then every now and then would pop up and surprise you with set goal against Duluth or um, any number of, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> I'll call them shoots and ladders type runs from outside defense. But yeah. I think that the, the, both of these players, kind of came to Minneapolis city and they weren't really defenders. They both played centrally and we, we found that they were the bookends of probably the most stout defense we've ever had in the the club's history and how locked down they were. And I think that it it just showed that the versatility of both guys um, and, and Abdallah in particular, that I know he didn't like playing left, left back, but man, was he damn good at it. And I think over time, he just started to understand that like he, he can, he can play in that, in that spot. It gets him on the field and, and he's very good at it. He was uh, voted um, in the best 11 in our inaugural season in the PLA um, as a left back. And uh, I know many, uh, many of foes that we played have, have always said, you know, we had to, we had to switch wingers because we, we knew that we weren't going through that side yep. and uh, no, no offense to Charlie, <laughs> but <laughs> But um, but Abdallah was locked down. Um, you know, in in his prime, there was very it was very rare that he ever got beat got beaten. But he also got uh, up into the attack as well. So um, so yeah, definitely a guy that's going to be missed on the field. But you know you know Abdallah, he's get, he's he's clubbed through and through. So he's definitely going to be out at matches and uh, and you'll see his face popping up in the stands. Yeah, for sure. The second guy that we alluded to, Charlie Adams, uh, making his made his final appearance last season. He is retiring as well. You said it, Charlie came to us as uh, a midfielder, but really he, he found, he found his spot on the team at that right back position. Um, but near, you know, I feel like Charlie could always have what could always be counted on to slot in at that defensive midfield role and yeah. do really well. And you knew it was kind of, there was always it, when he, whenever he was there, you knew you were in for kind of a tactical switch right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a reason there was something that the coach had seen in the opposing team to put Charlie at that midfield role. And man, every time he was there, Charlie was ready for it. Yeah. And it was really unfortunate that uh, his last game with the Crows was probably, I think one of his best games that I've seen him play. And he was playing at the, at the, the, the deep sitting six mm-hmm. um, central midfield role and, and seeing, I mean, he was all over the place. It was almost like he knew, that might be his last match. And then of course, of course uh, the lightning struck him and, uh, and he pulled up with a, with a hamstring injury, which I know he kind of was carrying throughout the the latter part of his years with city. But um, I mean, I, I, the chazzle dazzles no longer. So we're going to have to kind of teach somebody to, to do that because you're the double step over. that You just don't expect it from, uh, from Charlie. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, you don't expect the quick footwork from from Charlie, but no. uh, but at, you know every time you he set it up, and you could you could see it coming yep. if you knew about it, and if you didn't, you were uh, you were left for three three steps in the dust, and <laughs> uh, and he was he was off into the attacking uh, the attacking third, and um, I'll never forget when uh, when I was coaching the the first Open Cup team, and we really didn't have a right back, and I I just asked him like can you play, uh, can you play right back? And he just looked at me with that, like, you know, that Charlie Adams, you know, baby face smile and was like, I can, but do you really want me to? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I really do. I think you, I think you're, you're the guy for the job. And he's like, all right, let's give it a go. And then from that moment on, he was mostly a right back. So yeah. um, not, not saying I'm a, I'm a, a managerial genius by any means, but um, he's just one of those guys that when you, when you watch them read a game, um, is he the most athletically gifted person? No, but he's so smart on a soccer field that you can put him anywhere and he would probably succeed. Yeah. So going to miss both those guys. Definitely going to miss seeing them on the field, uh, but I'm sure we're going to see him up in the stands. Yep, absolutely. Well, as we mentioned in the lead up, tonight's sh- for tonight's show, there's some soccer buzz coming from across the river from city headquarters. And that buzz is about Minnesota United FC2, the reserve team. They call themselves the Toosies, which I think is the worst thing ever. Like, uh, from a marketing perspective, we know that Minnesota United has a lot of misses. Um, I think this is one. Because the last time I heard the word Toosie was when my kids were potty training. So, like... <laughs> Like I, I don't know. If I'm them, I'm 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 trying to figure out another another uh, another name for ourselves. But I I've seen three of their matches um, recently, mm-hmm. and I, whenever I was able to get a link for it, you know, I um, <clears throat> it's the, all their games are not televised, and I, I'm really starting to kind of get behind this team, Nate. And I never thought I'd say that from from Minnesota United organizational perspective. But you know, why don't you kick things off with with what you know and what what you think about these guys before yeah. I yeah. Yeah, for sure. To me, John, Minnesota United 2 is exciting for a few reasons. Of course, the first one has to be that they've got the Minneapolis City and and just in general, a local soccer connection. You know, Rory O'Driscoll is starting almost every game in that midfield role. You got Loic Masanvi, who's splitting time uh, at the forward position. Of course, Emmanuel Iwe and uh, I think Carlos, Le- I think Carlos is his name, Carlos Leatherman. Yeah, uh, Carlos. Yep, both uh, Joy the People prospects. You got Devin Paddleford out of out of Woodbury High School. Tim, uh, you've got Patrick Weah, Tim Emmings. Like these guys are all local and they're all like fun. You kind of, you have to root for them. They're just, they're kids that you saw play you know, in high school, you, you, you saw them play for Minneapolis City. You saw them, um, you saw them come play against. Up. Yeah, you played it. <laughs> maybe you played against them or your kids played against them. Like it's it's more fun to watch because you want Minnesota soccer prospects to succeed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the other the other thing that you alluded to is that this is the all these games, this team, it's very different it's free from like the personality and the culture issues that you and I talk about all the time that I think to make Minnesota United itself so hateable. Like how many times are we just like, man, that player is a fucking dick or this coach has these guys playing like, like jerks and he talks like a jerk and he, he shits on his players like a jerk. And like, nobody wants to like, that just makes you feel, I don't know. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody wants to hear that. 
right? Mm-hmm. But when but these these young guys are trying to make an impression, they're trying to um you know they're trying to make a splash, and it's it's way more fun to watch. It's like uh you know yeah. it's refreshing. Well, I think that it's also free from the the, the fandom that a lot of folks kind of turn turn a nose to. Like there's there's no like the fan culture is not there, mm-hmm. you know, and and the folks that that actually do get behind the team are that they're, they're getting behind it for the, for the, the reason of following, following the local players and following the team versus just being a fan of an MLS club. If, if that makes sense at all, I don't yeah. know if it did. No, exactly. Like <laughs> I think it's why you and I, it's one of the things that maybe is so far unspoken, but like you watch Minnesota United two for the same reason you watch Minneapolis city or for the same reason you watch, um, I guess, you know, St. Croix, if you're a St. Croix fan or, or whatever. And it's, it's just that it's because these are local guys that you want to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that brings yeah. me to, that brings me to the next point. Like we keep coming back to the criticism that Minnesota United passes over local players for whoever knows why. And this team avoids all that. It's like, they're all here, man. Isn't that sweet? It doesn't, it look good. And isn't it fun to watch? Like, it's yeah, it's almost to- like, it's almost like there's no one else who's focusing on local talent that's fun to watch. Yeah, but all I'm saying, exactly. But all I'm saying is like this is, it, we said it from the beginning. Like, how easy would it have been for United to draft Jackson Ewell and get people on board with cheering for a local kid? Mm-hmm. Year after yeah. year after year, they they passed on three, four local guys right this year. Yeah, and and so it's just like, man, it's it it it's it's a little bit refreshing and ultimately watching Minnesota United 2 is enjoyable for for some of the same reasons as as I've said like watching lower league soccer is enjoyable it's fun to watch the local talent and I'll just close with this right fun to watch the local talent show off their skills and develop at at a high level it feels really good when some when you watch it and sometimes you know I leave a United game feeling kind of gross so it's nice to like leave a, a United game or watching that game and and turn it off and be like man that was fucking fun those kids are great yeah and i think the like even like for me it's seeing like someone like emmanuel Iwe feature in the first team yeah or 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 patrick Wea. i think those are the only two that have featured uh with the first team and i i wasn't as high on the on their debut performance as most people were i thought there were some bright spots but clearly like not ready yet kind of kind of feeling but it was still exciting to be you know like I, I remember watching watching uh the game when when Emmanuel got in got in for the first time and and talking to someone next to me who's watching it and, and just telling them like and mentioning like hey you know like he came up in the league that Minneapolis City's in it's it's awesome to see you know a, a local player you know come, coming up and and getting the opportunity and it, people get behind that and you know whether it's watching their whole career or just hearing you know from word of mouth while you're at the game or watching it that that's a local kit um you know it's 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 nice um i think the big thing for me um actually i'll I'll go into the the my second point first um the team culture i think comes through on the field Mm -hmm. um they look like they enjoy each other they work hard for the cause and that's something that's really hard to see with the first team where guys look like they don't really want to play with others. And I've seen a number of occasions where players will like look off a wide open pass and you know, there's gotta be some personal shit going on there. Like, why would you not play that pass? And then it happens again with between the two, the the same two players. And then if, if you're paying attention 
and at the next stoppage, there's, there's always a little bit of a bickering or a conversation being had between the two of them. So you can tell there's like some, some tension there. And um, Darwin and Mason toy were notorious for that. Mm-hmm. Well, Darwin didn't pass to anybody. He was just not passing to Mason toy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I see players look off on Maria. I see him look off for Agapane, um, you know, and I don't, I don't know why, but I have a pretty good idea for each of them, why they, why they get looked off. Um, but, you know, you, you got to have that brotherhood, Nate, right? Like we've, we've seen it before. It works. It, mm-hmm. And the only way it works without having the brotherhood is if you're winning. Because winning, winning is contagious and it cures everything. But as soon as you hit the rough patches, then, then it all, all the true colors kind of start to come out. Um, but I think a lot of that is because I'm actually a really big fan of the coach. Um, Cameron Knowles um, it is uh, a guy who comes from the league. He featured over 100 times in the MLS. Um, and the Aussies spent most of, spent most of that time in, uh, in the Portland Timbers organization. And then after his playing days were over, he started coaching in that organization um, with the Timbers. And, and that organization, if, if you think about it, consistently hits on, on its players in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also well known for fostering its youth talent through to the first team. Um, so if you're, if you're trying to find a guy who, who, can, who can bring that to the table from a, from a, a reserve squad, he, he's kind of your guy. Um, I think that his decision-making in game has been pretty sharp, you know, tactically, uh, from a tactical perspective. Um, the players seem to fit the system that he plays, which is mostly a 4-3-3. I mean, he, he's a former Akron Zip, so, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Caleb Porter only played a 4-3-3, and, you know, that's what he knows best, maybe, and that's what he has his players playing. We don't see the first team playing a 4-3-3 ever because you have a, you have a very British coach who likes to play more direct. <laughs> Um, instead of trying to work the ball and you're starting, so you see the difference, like the, the differences are, are all there. Um, and, and also I, I think that his, his substitutions rarely ever miss um, outside of not giving Luik as much time as I think he deserves. Um, but that, that's fine. That's fine. He's only 19. So there's plenty of time for him to get more playing time. Um, but I mean, his, his subs hit unless he's clearing the bench for whatever reason, yeah. you know, they're, they're up a couple goals and he wants to get some guys some playing time or, um, or it, he's forced by injury um those are the only instances where i've seen his his thought process rushed um when when injuries happen mid-game and um i don't know i think it comes from top down to be honest with you nate yeah that sounds i mean that's good one of those things where you're a little bit more familiar with with that coaching side of the game and uh and i agree though like it all comes together and shows up on the field and that's why it's that's why it's fun to watch you know they're you know they're having fun you know that they are uh you know, taking this as a, a growing opportunity, and it's great to see him get get those opportunities at the next level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, so we talked those guys. We talked a little bit about Rory O'Driscoll. Now let's uh, let's get into a section where we're going to talk talk about his uh, another O'Driscoll that might play for that plays for Minneapolis City, uh, and that is Captain Aiden O'Driscoll. We are going to talk about our player signings, John. And last week we kind of skipped over any any major or any uh, you know announcements of players that are returning. And we're going to do that again, except I want to touch on Aiden because his return is very, very cool. He's been with the club since 2017. He was a four-year starter at Luther, where he graduated from in 2019. Um, he had a pretty successful season at Luther, American Rivers Conference Offensive Player of the Year, uh, first captain 
he was our he was our first captain of the USL two team, and he's returning again. And John, I'll I'll tell you, like Aiden, I think if I remember right, is your prime example of a player who was basically consistently told from from early on in the Minneapolis City system that like, ah, oh, you're just not quite good enough yet. You're not quite good enough yet. Keep or not working, quite big keep enough, working. not quite strong enough. Just yep. keep, yeah, keep keep at it and come back. And he he did and he did and he did and he he became our first captain of the USL two team. And Johnny scored one of the most spectacular goals in Minneapolis City history in that 2021 NPSL regional semifinal against uh against the Carpathians. He had this like individual effort, basically box to box, dribbling the whole team until he was able to roof it from like five yards away. It was phenomenal. And, yeah, and, and it's going to be great to have him back. I think the one thing that that um, is kind of on, uh, a couple layers inside the onion with with the return of Aiden that I think is probably the most important is the the team is relatively new. Um, you have a new coaching staff. You have a lot of new players. I mean, we, we we said we haven't gone through a lot of the returners yet, but there's not a ton of them. Um, and there's and we talked about like the turning over of a new leaf from a uh, a player perspective where. You know, we have some. We, we talked about two players that are leaving um, by the by their own accord, and um, <clears throat> in uh, Abdallah and Charlie Adams. Um, but having your captain come back, and and Aiden knows the culture, and he gets the culture, and he and that's one thing that he he and I talked about a little bit after last season was that we we lost a little bit of that culture last year, and there are a lot of guys playing for themselves, and that happens in a team, but in a, in a new younger team that's coming in, that's very impressionable and, and, and new to the banner. Um, you need a person like Aiden, who's not only calm on the field, but calm off the field as well. Like calm with the ball, just calm in general. Like, you know, like he, he has the ability with the right players around him to continue to play at that higher level and, and feed to the, to his strengths mm-hmm. and he can make other players better. So that's the kind of person he is a captain and also one to kind of carry the torch from that culture and brotherhood perspective. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about those new guys though, John, because there's, like you said, there's a lot of them. And and first up, I want to talk about a pair of keepers who we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is Ayub Ahmed. He is a Como Park uh, graduate, right? He's coming fresh off the future season where I looked it up. He actually posted the lowest save percentage, but he's tall, tall as hell, and he's young. So, John, this maybe feels to me like a project for the future, um, but welcome to Ayub. Yeah, Ayub, uh, uh, Minnesota United uh, Academy product, um, ended up going for a year um, with our, our buddy up in St. Cloud and, and played a year at St. Cloud and now is going to be playing, uh, came back to came back to town, is going to be playing for, for uh, your guys under coach Greg Holker at Augsburg. So, oh, for real? Um, yeah. So, Ayub, uh, like you said, young, young goalkeeper, um, super tall. I think his best attribute is actually the ball with his feet. Like he, he, he plays like another field player Um, and, and something that, um, you know, no disrespect to other city goalkeepers, but I think from just a raw foot skills perspective, probably the best goalkeeper we've had in that, in that area uh, in, in the history of the club. Yeah. We haven't really had that. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't (laughs) again, no disrespect, (laughs) no disrespect, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Really, um, really, really good, really good shot stopper. Um, I think some room to grow, but um, he fits the he fits the mold for 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 Coach Craig. So welcome aboard. Welcome. 
Next up, Gabe Cuffle. He is another keeper who's wrapping his freshman season, freshman year at Xavier University, where uh, hopefully in the future he hopes to be in the conversations around a starter. But this year, Xavier leaned on redshirt junior Cole, redshirt junior Cole Jensen. And uh, and behind him are three freshmen. One of them is uh, Gabe. So he's going to make he's going to make four, I think, in that corner of the locker room here at Minneapolis city, which is a situation he should be comfortable with as he is one of four goalkeepers at Xavier. John with four keepers on the roster. Uh, do we expect like two of them to stay warm at the UPSL level or what's, it feels like a lot. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that, but I know that the, the word I heard is that um, the more, the better and, and riding the hot hand and, and really seeing, you know, who, who we can lean on and and as we know you know it's it's always difficult um what was did you did you see the revolving door that was our goalkeeper room last year with mm-hmm. uh, other than uh, other than martin being uh the, the clear uh choice for number one um behind him was kind of the the revolving door of of backup goalkeepers that could step in at any given time and um, I, I think that, that that's kind of what the, the coaching staff is leaning on. As far as Gabe's concerned, he's your prototypical, like, huge hulking goalkeeper. Um, and I know I know that's something that, that Carl likes. Um, and uh, he, he's, he comes through the system uh, over at MTA. So he knows quite a few of, of the folks that are within the staff as well as some of the players. Yeah. So um, definitely um, I think what you'll find here as we start finishing up some of the newer guys is – um, another brotherhood from a local soccer perspective that's growing and, and starting to come, come into the fold playing together again with Minneapolis city. I hope so. That would be, that would be fun. Uh, I want to cover up kind of to your point. We'll, we'll get to that later is there's a lot of guys that are connected from high school, um, from their high school programs that are coming in. But first I want to cover up on three guys whose names that I recognize, they come from different spaces. Um, but these guys might be new to the fans. Uh, first being Darley Florville. He's a midfielder. He is the latest announcement of the Crows on social media. He's a sophomore at Northwestern. The good was, Northwestern. The good one, yep. He was the Star Tribune Metro Player of the Year and Mr. Soccer in 2020. Um, he has played with both Joy Athletic and St. Croix. He plays – John, I remember – this. I feel like I've heard this guy's name before. Yeah, so – because- Did he used to be with City? Um, no, he played with Joy Athletic and St. And St. Croix. So he played against us. And from a playing style perspective, yes. plays a lot like Whitney Brown coming off the wing. Um, you know, like really good center of gravity, very, very quick and can play up top as the number nine. But I think his most effective position is probably attacking it off the wing. Um, but guy scores a lot of goals. And, and if you're, if you're being compared to someone like Whitney Brown, I think you're doing it right. Yeah, that's right. Joy Athletic. That's where I heard his name. Next up, John, I know from my time in the booth at Augsburg, he is the Mayak Offensive Player of the Year. It's Shea Bechtel. He plays for, uh, for St. Olaf, along with Victor Gallman and uh, Clemente Arkage Puig that we have on the roster already. This year, Shea yep. was first team all-region, um, D3Soccer.com, second team all-American. The guy is just the guy is just a baller, and so it's going to be good to have him have him here playing with us instead of away where he was last year. Yeah. He, he was voted the, um, well, he wasn't voted. He earned uh, the 2022 Midwest premier league golden boot uh, while playing uh, with, 
Steel City SC in the Midwestern Premier League and finished the, se- the the 10 game season with nine goals in 10 games. So the guy, the guy knows how to find the back of the net. I, I think that um, for me, offensively, like vintage Justin Oliver, like that <laughs> player that just like has a never quit attitude in the final 20 yards of the, of the field. Um, I don't necessarily think that he had some of the intangibles that Justin brought. Um, if I want to uh, artfully describe Justin's uh, Justin's uh, <laughs> playing style, mm-hmm. um, but like when he gets the ball, like it's not necessarily just head down, go to goal, but just just constantly finding other ways with his off the ball movement and working off of whoever his partners are up top. Um, he, he's very much so like like Justin was in his prime, nice. and uh, really excited for for, for Shay to be um be connecting up with some of his college teammates because um you know if we if we've found one thing we know nate when when players come from playing together the transition from wherever you were um in college to playing with with new players uh that gap is closed pretty quickly way easier yep and then finally john of the names that i know we've got joe highfield he's a forward i guess sometimes a midfielder played for wyzetta High school. He's was was at a high school senior in a Portland University commit. Fun fact, John, I've actually got a picture of Joe Highfield here in my office. <laughs> um, provide some context, please. So we uh, we we don't have any we don't have any uh, of the, of the fans thinking there's a creepy connotation to it. Taken by a uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press photographer who was capturing the moments after my stepson scored his second goal uh, in Joe Highfield's face. Uh, in the <laughs> in the in the state final, uh, sadly, of course, was that it came back to win that game in extra time. But I've always got Joe Highfield looking distraught with Olin <laughs> waving two fingers in his face. Well, I, Joe typically plays the ten. <laughs> um, uh, uh, moving along, um, Joe typically plays the ten, um, but he can. I think he can play across uh, all front three positions. Um, if you're thinking of a, of a connection, um, uh, I think of like a past, past first Timmy Wills type player. Um, obviously, uh, he has blonde curly hair and he's not a receding hairline like Tim, da, Tim and did. And a couple feet and, on him. And a couple feet on him. <laughs> um, and maybe a little bit more mobility. But he's, he's that type of player who's always looking to connect. Um, but can score score the goal when when he needs to, um, which is some, something you like to have as a pivot point. Um, I look at Joe as more of a of a project for the future, mm-hmm. and maybe even getting some time with the futures this year. Um, we'll, we'll have to see on that. But um, I think that that he will benefit from being in this environment before he goes off to Portland, and then ultimately, um, fingers crossed, comes back yeah. back into the fold. Um, besides, so we've got a high school with strong representation and that is Maple Grove. They've got two guys on our list tonight. The first being Damon Humphreys, another tall center midfielder, John, uh, Carl definitely has a type. And I think it's interesting <laughs> because I think he's definitely got like a ideal body type for every position on the field. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking for guys that fit that mold. Um, yeah. Damon's like six, two, it says here. Yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's quite a few tall center midfielders uh, in, in, the, in the city headquarters, but um, he, he's a Maple Grove product, like you mentioned, going into his second year, excuse me, at UW-Green Bay, um, but has yet to feature for the Phoenix. And basically the, the way I can describe it is someone who he's going to have to be fighting for playing time with, and that's Aiden O'Driscoll. Um, very similar 
similar style. I talked about that calmness, um, calm on the ball, um, very good um, cerebral player, reads the game very well. Um, maybe, you know, athletically not going to run past many people, but always in the right spot defensively and offensively. Sweet. Uh, another guy that is a Maple Grove graduate is Curtis Wagner, Loyola University in Maryland player, but still hasn't hasn't featured for the Greyhounds, but he's he's young. He's young. Yeah, I mean, and again, we're we're talking about size. He goes six three. Um, no, he, he, yeah, he's, he's also he's a big yeah. boys. He's, yeah, he's a big guy. Um, former standout player with Minnesota United uh, FC Academy. Um, has some similar qualities of of an old friend of ours, AJ Albers. Like that, it, it if you're gonna go by me, you're gonna go by me laying on the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, if, if even though you're bigger than I am, I'm going to win the header over you. And kind of that more of like physically menacing uh, defender um, that just is is basically. I mean, I, I, can I say like a brick wall that, you know, you either got to go around it or above it because you're not going to go through it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be interested in, uh, in seeing more from Curtis. Uh, I, he's one of the players um, that's newer to the fold that I, I haven't seen a ton from, but uh, I know the coaching staff is really excited about him. Up next, we've got a trio of players, trio of defenders even with ties to Shattuck St. Mary's. First is James Gardev, and he's another Radford player. He's joining Griffin Gierchi in the trip from, from, from Virginia, uh, all the way out there next to Virginia Tech, is Radford University. James led the team in minutes as a freshman, as a freshman defender, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I look at him as like a, from an attacking perspective, um, not necessarily from a defense perspective, very much like the, the man we mentioned earlier in Charlie Adams. All right. Like really, really shifty on the ball, um, willing to get up into the attack and, and link up and then and, and look for that that that, that diagonal ball um, that, that breaks the lines, which is something I know that Carl really likes, um, you know, not to tip away any of our uh, our tactics here. But um, but when when you're locked and loaded with an advantage up top, he likes to play the ball direct. Um, to, to take advantage of, of that opportunity from a, from a numbers perspective. Sure. Um, and, and that's something that I, I, I have seen some tape on, on James. And, and I, I did watch um, a couple, a couple handful of his games um, this past year at Radford. And uh, I think, I think it, he's, he's going to be an exciting player to, to add into the mix. I think so, um, not the, the mix of, uh, of defense and offense that we kind of haven't seen in a while. Um, and that engine to be able to, to, to put it all together uh, without tiring out and getting beaten on the defensive side. Yeah, phenomenal. You're talking about more of a more of a distributor, right? As opposed to like Xavier Zange was able to like get up, get into the box, like make himself dangerous on, you know, either either by looking for for that low cross or maybe taking a shot. Whereas you're thinking James is more like he can get he can get forward along with a couple couple forwards and just uh you know yeah bomb yeah. that cross to the to the far post yeah or I, I, he does a really good job of of, of connecting uh to to elevate numbers so okay. like like reading the space to be able to say you know if i get up the field now and i don't and i don't have the ball but i have the ability to, to kind of pin uh, a winger or a defender back and and it gives us an advantage from a numbers perspective he's he's very much willing to do that but i i think his distribution um to the front three and, and breaking the 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 pass the bypass in the midfield line uh to break that to try to try to connect with the forward i think is is kind of his strength all right 
Up next, we got Colin, or sorry, Cullen Conacher. He's a defender, another tall, rangy defender from Shattuck St. Mary's. He attends American University, John, in Washington, D.C. The University of the United States. <laughs> not, not National American University from the television at three in the morning. <laughs> no, totally different. <laughs> uh, what else? What is up? What's up with Cullen? Um, he, he was a highly uh, touted recruit out of Shattuck St. Mary's um, and, and ultimately went on um, before say, uh, Shattuck played with uh, Minnesota United Academy. Um, he was actually one, one of a handful of players that came through our player request form that we have on our website. Really? Um, I, I look at him as if, if you're making a connection to, to players of old, which I which is my job on this here show uh, <laughs> in these player announcements, um, built like Nate Ingle, minus the tattoos. Um, so you're taller, you're skinnier, um, defender, very, very rangy, lengthy, um, and, and really tough to get past, um, and very calm on the ball and, and willing to hit that long ball. So again, you're starting to see a little bit of a common theme here, not only where these players are coming from, but also in, in where, how they play positionally. Sure. Finally, defender, we don't know really a whole lot about at all. It's Carson Pena. He's he goes to Campbell University in North Carolina, another Shattuck grad. He actually played 13 games last year. Um, and John, you're saying he's another guy that came with it from the player request process. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing I know about Carson is watching the tape he attached to his player request form. So, um, I mean, he he's a lot like James, um, I, I think, can, can play either side. Um, James features more on the right. Um, Carson featured on both right and left um, defense. And um, yeah, other than that, like I, he's a surprise, but I, I like good surprises. So we, we can see some of these players <laughs> for the first time together. Who's the, who's the other center? Who are the center backs on the roster? John besides Jonah. Um, well, uh, uh, Humphreys, Conacher, um, Wagner. And oh, we missed. Another... Okay. We're missing one, aren't we? No, I was gonna say we, we missed talking about Wagner. Oh, um, no, we did. Loyola, he's a greyhound. We talked about him last last year. Um, oh, right there, just a second ago. Sorry, I missed him on the page. I'm like Curtis Wagner. I thought we talked. I thought I had him. Um, do we do we mention any center backs last show? Mm-mm. Well, anyway, there's four. We only had two last year. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is gonna do it for this week's show. That's uh, as we round out our our preview of players new to minneapolis city thanks again to our wonderful show sponsor footballstadiumprints.com whether your club is in the news because you're top of the table but but you're stumbling or because you just got stopped six to one or because you just got promoted to league two football stadium prints has anything and everything from mugs to t-shirts to sweet prints of club icons like the john bisworm t-shirts of matt elder t-shirts and prints of edor nelson fields and don't forget, you use the crows, you use the code crows10 for 10% off on everything you purchase. All US orders are going to ship right here from the States, so there's no international shipping charges. 2023 memberships are still available, but there are only a few left. $89 is going to get you tickets to every UPSL and USL home game, as well as the Minnesota Super Cup, and you get a voice that helps shape the club for next year. As a reminder, MPLS City, Minneapolis City, is a 501c3. 
So if you're looking at your tax forms and uh, you're just getting hammered, you just just gave up a ton of money last year. You got to plan for next year. Consider that charitable gift to the club that gives back. If you're interested in getting a hold of us, we've made it simple. You got to hit the club up on Twitter at MPLS City SC, or you can email us at the show at the or tweet at us at the show at the People's Pitch, or email us mcscpodcast at gmail.com. Tick tock, tick tock. The days are counting down until the season opener, and we are on the way to a kick ass May, June, July. I am Nate. That was John. We're going to be back next week with a preview of the season opener against Minnesota United, 19, Minnesota United FC 19. Man, Until then. Doing great. You yeah. got hooked. Please hook me. You got hooked. Uh. You really did. <laughs>